0: My name is Jim Fleming, and this is Our Sunday School. Our Sunday School is part of Stewart Heights Baptist Church in Chattanooga, Tennessee. To prepare for this lesson, please go to OurSundaySchool.com for a copy of today's handout. Now, let's get to this week's lesson. Well, good morning, everybody, and welcome to Our Sunday School. You can already hear it in my voice, so let's just address the elephant in the room. Yes, I was up late last night. Yes, it involved mixed martial arts. No, it did not involve my wife, so uh, let's make sure we're clear on the details at least. So, and she's paying attention. Awesome. She's with us now. Excellent. Good morning, Julie. All right, so if you've got your Bibles, uh, that's the best intro I can do on short notice. So there you go. If you've got your Bibles, we're in Philippians <laughs> chapter 2. Uh, if you have your green books, uh, that's awesome too. We have lots of visitors with us today, and I have two that I can spare at a table So, I'm going to slide these over for our friends from the West and the North. So, there we go. All right. So, we are starting on what page are we starting on today? 143 in the Green Book. So, you want to flip over there. Uh, And I will read for us Philippians chapter 2. So let's hear Philippians chapter 2. <clears throat> if then there is any encouragement in Christ, if any consolation of love, if any fellowship with the Spirit, if any affection and mercy, make my joy complete by thinking the same way, having the same love, united in spirit, Intent on one purpose. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility consider others as more important than yourselves. Everyone should look not to his own interests, but rather to the interests of others. Adopt the same attitude as that of Christ Jesus, who, existing in the form of God, did not consider equality with God as something to be exploited. Instead, he emptied himself by assuming the form of a servant, taking on the likeness of humanity." And when he had come as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even to death on a cross. For this reason, God highly exalted him and gave him the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Therefore, my dear friends, just as you have always obeyed, so now Not only in my presence, but even more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who is working in you both to will and to work according to his good purpose. Do everything without grumbling and arguing, so that you may be blameless and pure, children of God who are faultless in a crooked and perverted generation, among whom you shine like stars in the world by holding firm to the word of life. Then, I can boast in the day of Christ that I didn't run or labor for nothing. But even if I am poured out as a drink offering on the sacrificial service of your faith, I am glad and rejoice with all of you. In the same way, you should also be glad and rejoice with me. Now, I hope in the Lord Jesus to send Timothy to you soon so that I too may be encouraged by news about you. For I have no one else like-minded who will genuinely care about your interests. All seek their own interests, not those of Jesus Christ but you know his proven character because he has served with me in the gospel ministry like a son with a father. Therefore, I hope to send him as soon as I see how things go with me. I am confident in the Lord that I myself will also come soon. But I considered it necessary to send to you Epaphroditus, my brother, co-worker, and fellow soldier, as well as your messenger and minister to my need, since he has been longing for all of you And was distressed because you heard that he was sick. Indeed, he was so sick that he nearly died. However, God had mercy on him and not only on him, but also on me, so that I would not have sorrow upon sorrow. For this reason, I am very eager to send him so that you may rejoice again when you see him and I may be less anxious. Therefore, welcome him in the Lord with great joy and hold people like him in honor because he came close to death for the work of christ risking his life to make up what was lacking in your ministry to me philippians chapter 2 so we are uh, as i said just a second ago on page 143 in the green notebooks so if you want to uh, flip over there we'll start with verse uh, 14 today so let's take a look at our two verses that we plan to cover today so do every everybody's favorite two verses in the world right if you had to pick two verses in Philippians and you went like, yay, like you, you will never see this as somebody's life verse. Right? Do everything without grumbling and arguing so that you may be blameless and pure, children of God who are faultless in a crooked and perverted generation, among whom you shine like stars in the world by holding firm to the word of life. Then I can boast in the day of Christ that I didn't run or labor for nothing. So what I'd like to do today is do a little more work on connecting some of the structure between what Paul's referencing to here to what he's already talked about in a couple of the earlier verses, because we can very, very easily turn the grace of the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ Mm -hmm. into law, and I do not want to do that today. So thanks, Dave. All right, so page 143, down there in the middle of the page, verse 14, Uh, do so this is a plural present active imperative which means this is a group standing order to be continuously obeyed so this is to be over and over and over and over and over and over the group is to do this do everything so not most things not some things not a lot of things but everything without grumbling now, this is, a, this is a goofy word, grumbling, because it, it doesn't technically mean grumbling. It means talking in a really, really low voice. And I like this word because this word has helped. It, it's probably indicative of like, my view of Bible study when you start to look at original languages. Uh, sometimes people will ask me, hey, Jim, what does this word mean? Or how does this, like, what is, like, give me a little more about this particular word. And one of the most dangerous things you can ever do in Bible study is to hone in on one and only one word. Like it's it, it exists inside a larger clause, sentence, paragraph, structure, argument, entire work. And this word, like if you if you look it up in, in different resources, it will basically say it's a utterance made in a low tone of voice, but the the emotional mood of it is borrowed from the words around it. So you've probably been somewhere and seen something truly amazing, incredible that you're like, what in the world just happened? And you leaned over to something like, did you just see that? That was amazing. like wow, that's incredible. This word covers that. This word also covers, did you just see what he did? I don't believe that. What in the world is he talking? It's It's anything with a low tone, right? So it can be the, like, whoa, this is incredible, too. Mm, mm, I don't know about that, right? So from the immediate context of these words, is this the positive side or is this the negative side? It's obviously the negative, right? So Paul jumps out with do everything without, so don't do this. It's literally uh, separately or a space apart. Dave, can we go back one slide real quick? Uh, Paul does this really cool... Uh, he's doing something with the the space with his words here. So uh, do everything without. This word means there's a gap between a couple of things. All right. Uh, Faultless and crooked. So things are not in the order that they should be. Among whom, we'll talk about the among and why that, eh, maybe. You shine like stars. Stars are high and far away. Uh, holding firm to the word of light. I mean, there's a, there's a lot of, like, gap-oriented language in this, and I'll, we'll lean into that. Thank you, Dick. All right, so that we know the grumbling is in a negative connotation because he pairs it on the next page with and arguing. So why of all the stuff that he could cover would he say and drop a mention about Arguing. Like, because he's about to get there, right? If this is the, um, I listen to a spectacularly obscene volume of podcasts. Like, it is just, it's a, about an, at least an hour a day of, of some type of podcast. And there's a couple that I listen to, but one of my favorites is called Slow Burn. And it's a very slow approach to storytelling. Like, it's just, you just like, well, where are we? Oh, I think, oh no, we're not going to chase. Oh we oh the oh, now I see where we're going. And Paul doesn't like play all of his cards until he directly, bluntly, clearly addresses Yodia and Syntyche in chapter four. But he is dropping all kinds of hints. I will challenge you to give Philippians a an entire read through. It takes 10, 12 minutes, an entire read through, just looking for ways that Paul is setting up the fact that he's going to call out, these two ladies for arguing. It, you'll go, oh, I don't know that I can read Philippians differently now. Right, because it's just all over the place. So he's, he's very clearly going to be addressing this. So you know, what, do we, what do we do? Like what's our application when we hear Paul say, do everything without grumbling and arguing? All right, so application, bottom of page 144. Um, Christians are not marked by grumbling and arguing. Right? This should not be what we are known for. And it's really sad right now, because I, I don't know that that's true in our culture. It's really sad. But Christians are not marked by grumbling and arguing. And we're going to, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make you wait for just a minute, because Paul, right, <laughs> he's, he's going to take a beat before he kind of closes the thought. Uh, before we do, the personalization will actually happen, I think, at the end of the next page, so... When we turn the page here in a minute and we haven't written a personalization, you didn't miss it because he's not there yet. And we're going to do this concept again in another couple of pages. So just go easy with me. All right. So do everything without grumbling and arguing. Verse 15 starts with what? So that. So is so that some type of a connecting? Con- yes. So that like, what we just did enables something that is following. So don't miss the structure here. And this, this next verb, the parsing here, is both encouraging and rebuking. Because this you may be, this genomi, is a subjunctive. And the subjunctive is the mood of possibility. It's the idea that this can happen, but it is certainly not guaranteed to happen. This is, this is not a future indicative. This is not a future statement of like, this is going to happen. This is, this is in the possibilities of happening. So, Grace, can we borrow you as an example for just a second? You don't have to go anywhere or do anything. You just like just you're like, I'm ready to go. It's one of the things I love about like all your kids, Dave. You call them and they're like, oh, what do we get to do now? It's fantastic, right? Um so Grace, are you passing at least most of your classes in college right now? Okay, so I got a I got a yes for those of you online. Are you passing all of your classes? You hope, okay, yep. So that subjunctive. <laughs> All right? It's in the realm of possibility right now, right? Okay. <laughs> Not a future indicative because we still have a substantial portion of the class left where we can hopefully maybe a day or two before the final have a... I, I, I feel very confident in this, right? All right? So let me, let me give you another scenario. Another scenario is you change your major, and next year you are studying... Uh, the theoretical physics, with a minor in uh, biochemistry. All right, just because you like pain, or so, I don't know what the thing would be. Right? Um, how do you feel about passing all your class? like? You feel still feel like yeah? I think I got that. I think I'm horrendous. That would be optative. The optative mood is a remote like it could happen this is why i buy lottery tickets when there's three commas right because <laughs> it could happen i like it's fun you know whatever uh, optative that he doesn't use the optative he uses the subjunctive this is clearly in the realm of possibility this definitively could happen but it is not a guaranteed thing all right we got it cool so let's read this verse again so that you may be so what he says next is not a guaranteed thing in the life of a Christian. It's not a guaranteed thing in the life of a church. But it is possible. It is so possible. Like This, this can be accomplished. There's hope. All right, so that you may be blameless. And if you have a different translation, there, this word goes all over the place. It's, it's got a pretty wide semantic range, but the idea is that if, if somebody tries to, I'll, g- I'll give you an example of how you would use this definition. If somebody tries to uh, say, you did something, there wouldn't be the evidence to support the accusation. Right? So you're, you're, you're not uh, free from insult, you're not free from accusation, but there's nothing that you can actually be like, convicted on. Where is Paul writing this from? Prison. Where he has been accused of something that... You're like, do you see the, just a smidge of irony here? So if you want to like, that seems funny. Yeah, I think it is. So he's telling them in Little Rome, in Philippi, to, that there's a possibility that they can be blameless. That's kind of cool. But, but if you're grumbling and arguing... We're we're lowering the probability that this is going to happen, right? Because this is about our, our witness. So so that you may be blameless and pure. And uh the word pure means if you go to page 145, uh it means unmixed, it means innocent. The idea is it is not it is not blended together with something else. Uh the end of Romans, Romans 16, 19 is a good use of this word here. It says, uh, uh, the report of your obedience has reached everyone. That's, a, that's an encouraging sentence, isn't it? It's like, I heard that you were obe- obedient. That's awesome. Therefore, I rejoice over you, but I want you to be wise about what is good and yet innocent, here's the word, about what is evil. Don't mix in evil with your good behavior. Like, no, 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 like keep it, Keep it pure and innocent. So you could translate this word innocent uh, so that you're blameless and innocent, which leans even further into this accusation, guilty, innocent concept that Paul is in the midst of himself. And then he reminds them whose they are, children of God, who are faultless. You're like, faultless? What is that word? Well, it's it's. Close-ish to the other word, but it's not really. Uh, this is the idea that there's unblemished. That when when they are inspected, there is not fault to be found. Now, in the context of children of God, who is doing the inspecting? There, God is right. Why are they found faultless when? the father inspects his children. Jesus, yes, it's exactly right. Like the, I am not faultless on my own. I am only faultless in the eyes of the father because of the work of the son. Right? So he again, while he's encouraging them to like, be who they are called to be, um, he's reminding them of the work of Jesus Christ, which I think is... Incredibly helpful. So children of God who are faultless in a crooked or warped or winding. Um, Daryl's favorite thing to say about uh, the, the, the term that was used to describe Christians in the book of Acts was the, the way. There you go. Um, the way is described as what? How does Jesus describe the way? straight, right? So would Paul have been familiar with Christ's teachings? Absolutely. So he's going to use the exact opposite concept to describe what the world and the non-Jesus way is, right? So this is uh, crooked uh, or perverted. And the funny thing is one of the definitions for the word crooked is perverse. And perverse is to deviate from what is expected, right? It's warped or winding. Um, This is Pick half the roads in Hamilton County, right' it's just that's what this word is why like it's just like point at a mountain and go up there. Well, I hope you haven't eaten lately because it's like we're gonna it's uh, you know like it's crooked and it's perverted, and this word perverted is in the perfect tense, which means this is completed action with the effects felt in the present, so this is not. Is not perverted like today. This is something that happened in the... Like, what could have happened in the past that broke things that has the results continuing to impact the present? The fall, right? Yeah. So, so in the space of children of God who are faultless in a crooked and perverted generation, he has addressed the uh, substitutionary atonement of Christ to members of the Trinity... Uh, the original sin concept like <laughs> this is this is a theologically dense material <laughs> uh, so just be aware so like, like the personalization at the bottom of this page if our application is Christians are not marked by grumbling and arguing is to remember our public witness right so what do we do here we remember our public witness like what. How we engage with each other matters, which I think is one of the reasons why when we get to, oh no, I should have looked it up, Romans, where we don't sue each other, is that the, am I right? Yes, I got some head nods, so we'll go with it-ish, maybe. Because that's a visible way that we are arguing and not getting along, and quite frankly, the gospel witness is more important than my physical assets. You're like, well, now you've gone to meddling. Yes, I sure have, because Paul did it first. So (laughs) there you go. All right, so children of God who are faultless in a crooked and perverted generation. And then there's this word that bugs me. So I went and read uh, 27 different, seriously, 27 different translations on this word, and I couldn't find a single one, who, and it, right, who does that, that's just kind of weird, I get that, like I've, I just self-identified, I'm on like six standard deviations from the norm, and the fact that I would use standard deviations to describe myself is further, <laughs> out. let's just push one more standard deviation over, right, there we go, uh, that means weird, if you're, those of you that are not like, like it's too early for math, I get it, understand, uh, the word here is not the word for among, monk. The word here is the word for in, and and it's different. It's a different word. So, um, Dave, can you help me for just a second? And Matt, can you help me for a second? And Thanos, can you help me for a second? I want to show you the difference. So you've got to come up here for this one. Sorry. Yeah, you don't get to sit down. It, this is not the Gracie example, right? So this is... All right, so y- y'all, like, get get over here in the shot. There we go. Get over close. Just see, if we gotta go. This. There we go. All right. I am amid these gentlemen. Does this make sense? I'm among them right now. All right. So this is gonna seem weird, but we're not doing anything weird. Okay. All right. Weird. Yeah, I know. All right. So I need y'all to all join hands, and I'm gonna be in the middle. Okay. You got it. Now I am in two different words. The Greek word here is in. It is not among. Among implies this. In implies I'm surrounded. It's, it's, a, it's just a smidge different. And I get why every English translation uses the word among. Because it's so wonky to say in whom. It's like no, no. We're in Christ. Christians are in Christ. And if you translate this in English as in whom, you start to blur all sorts of weirdness. But I didn't... Okay, y'all can stop holding hands now. Thanks. There you go. (laughs) I said the word weirdness, and I I glanced down, and Dave's eyes were like, dude, come on, we got to wrap this up here. This is like, okay, cool. Thank you, gentlemen. I appreciate that. Um, But I, I do want you to see you can be in and not among and Yes, I am pitching a fit about prepositions this morning, but again, eighth standard. Dif- prepositions do matter. Absolutely, they matter. Absolutely, they matter. Uh, John, I'm Pi- I mean, so total rabbit trail. We are coming back. Uh, John three sixteen. For God so love the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believes, what's the next word? Not in Greek. It's not. It's into. There's a different Greek preposition for the word in, which means you are stationary inside something, and the word into, which means it is a it is a movement oriented. You're like, "Oh, well, that's even cooler." Yep. Yep. Absolutely. It sure is. Prepositions matter. All right, so this is what I learned in my Bible study that I attend cuz Yay, it's nice to get to just go listen to somebody else for a minute every once in a while. Um, So thank you, John Pike, I appreciate that. He ruined John 3.16 for me now, and hopefully I've ruined it for you too. So there you go. All right, so crooked and perverted generation. In whom? Among whom? Okay, it's all right. Uh, You shine I want to break over the back of this word your desire to work for your salvation. Because this word, you shine, is a group. It's plural. It's an indicative. It's a fact. But it's also a passive. We don't make ourselves shiny. We are caused to shine It is done to us. Like I, I can't do good works that make me shine. Nope, not possible. It's done to us. Yay. I'm a dead man. It's not like, well, I was sick and I needed, you. no, 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 I was dead and I needed to be raised to life. There's a big difference. My favorite analogy on this is Jared C. Wilson. He says, uh, y'all need to quit saying that Jesus is your co-pilot. No, no. Jesus is driving the ambulance, and you're dead in the back. You're like, oh, that's a little more graphic. Yeah, it sure is, right? You stepped into the ring, and the other opponent killed you, and you needed a champion to come in and not only deal with the opponent, but also raise you to life. Like It's not just like, oh, I'm sick. No, no, we're dead. But we can't shine without it being done to us. Among whom you shine like stars, this brilliancy. This word shows up, uh, it's only two times it shows up in the New Testament. The, the second time it shows up in the New Testament is in Revelation 21. Revelation 21, this is in descri- describing the, the, the New Jerusalem. Uh, John writes. That he car- Verse 10, that He carried me away in the Spirit to a great high mountain and showed me the holy city, Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, arrayed with God's glory. Her radiance, this is the word here for stars, was like a precious jewel, like a jasper stone, clear as crystal. It, it doesn't technically mean stars. It just means it's burning brightly. Right? And for a culture that didn't light up the night sky with electricity, the thing outside that would have given a substantial amount of light would have been the moon and the stars. And this would have been before we pumped a truly spectacular, obscene amount of material into the atmosphere so that the clarity and luminosity of the sky itself would have been unbelievably different. So have you ever gone somewhere and looked at the night sky when you were on a mountain on a clear night? It, you just go, can I bring this with me wherever? Like, this is incredible. I was on a mountain with a buddy of mine one night, and uh, I was in college. And we just laid on our back and just counted shooting stars. And like, it was just, it was, un. you could not see a light made by man in any direction. Some of you are like, how did he get you there? Well, he lied to me is what he did <laughs> but it was the the view was worth it so there was that right so in the midst of this crooked and perverted generation we are made to shine like stars in the world is this language of somebody who cares about his audience or what you just oh man this is gorgeous but at the same time he's not he's not pumping them up he's pumping up their god who is doing this to them and through them. So what do we get for our application at the bottom of page 146? Faultless Christian witness shines. Faultless Christian witness shines. It doesn't roll off the tongue, but I think it's true. So. Faultless Christian witness shines. Put that on a bracelet. <laughs> So then we come to verse 16, and the personalizations on page 16. Because we are tempted, we are tempted to say, what is, the, what is the personalization there then? Well, shine, right? Yeah, don't you dare write that down. Don't you dare write that down. Don't you dare write that down. We are not turning the gospel, the grace of the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ into law. No, 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 no. Scratch it out if you wrote it down. It's okay. Everybody at your table will forgive you. What does verse 16 say? Holding firm to the word of life. Who is the word of life? Yes. Paul just went crazy about with this beautiful hymn, and it's connected all of this back to who is doing all of this work in you and through you for his Father's glory. And this holding firm is a plural, present, active participle. Which means this is a habit. It's not a command. It's a habit. So he's not commanding them to do it. He's just saying this is the description of the people who do this. Like people like us do things like this by holding firm to the word of life. So our personalization, I have in my notes, not equal to shine but rather hold fast to our Lord Jesus Christ. And if you're worried that your grip isn't strong enough, you shouldn't, because his is far stronger than ours. (laughs) He's got us. The Father's got him. The Spirit has got the whole thing. It's just this Trinitarian goodness. And then we come to the, the final sentence in this text, these two little verses. Then... Paul's going to circle back to, hey, I'm in prison for all this, guys, right? (laughs) Then I can boast. And if, if you want a fun Bible study, do a little Bible study on the concept of boasting in the Bible. And come back with a list of things that it's okay to boast about. It will have a theme. And the theme will not be me. The theme will also not be us. The theme will be him and all of his works. Uh, so then I can boast, and, and this is the word that's in John 3.16, in. It's not the word in, it's the word into. I can boast into the day of Christ. What's the day of Christ? It's the day we're praying for, that Christ returns soon, Right? page 149, that I didn't run. And there's a couple of Greek words that are skipped here in, your English, in most English translations. That the idea is that I didn't run for nothing or labor for nothing. The, the for nothing part actually shows up twice in the Greek. And I put them in the middle of these two words just because it's not where they technically go in the sentence, but that's where I put them. So application number one at the bottom of, um, oh, sorry, the run is an active indicative. The labor is an active indicative. This is not labor where you're just like, I did some work today, but I'm good still. Like No, this is labor where you feel tired at the end. Um, a buddy of mine came in right before Sunday school started, and he said, yeah, I didn't come to fight night last night because I worked in the yard all day. I'm like, well, I don't want to watch you sleeping on my couch, so I'm glad you didn't come. That's cool, you know, because right? you're tired. That's fine. Makes sense. This is work that exhausts us. This is substantive work. So, application number one down at the bottom of page 150 not all boasting is bad. Not all boasting is bad. So, what do we do with that? Boast in Christ and his work. Boast in Christ and his work. And Paul says twice in this second part of this sentence. I didn't run for nothing, I didn't labor for nothing. And this, the, the biblical concept of nothing is an emptiness and a lightness and a lack of substance. It's the opposite, like vanity in the Old Testament is, well, it doesn't weigh anything, it doesn't have any heft, it doesn't have any value, it doesn't have any substance. The opposite of that is something that, like this is solid, this is significant. If, if you guys want to come up here and grab a hold to this pulpit, it is solid, it is significant. It is not that little thing that I taught 10 years on right over there that I was worried every Sunday morning was going to fall apart because it's a piece of crap, okay? Like, it's terrible, terrible, terrible. And it weighs, it. it's like, it's just awful. And Doug Skinner makes this for me. I'm like, oh, this is the perfect concept for this Hebrew and Greek word, the, like, emptiness, substance. Here we go. (laughs) Like, so here's your second application, Christian Effort is weighty it's weighty it's substantive it's got something so what do we do with that do not lose heart do not lose heart faultless and blameless christian witness serves as a public witness to unbelievers it encourages leaders right paul was encouraged through their activity And it honors our Lord Jesus Christ in the gospel. Like these are beautiful outcomes of just do what He tells us to do, right? But don't turn it into law. We're not turning this into law. It's not a checklist, right? That's where your brain goes that we got to pause. All right. So speaking of, that's the lesson for today. Thanks for coming. Speaking of, if you add the ten years behind that thing, and the five years behind that this thing, what do we add up to? Yeah, we're not doing, this is not like theoretical physics here. We've we've transitioned back to basic math, so we're good to go. Yeah, oh, I know she can. She's crazy, ridiculously smart. Uh, So 15 years ago this Sunday, we started our Sunday school, which is like crazy, ridiculously weird to think we've been in this. If I'd known we were going to be in this room this long, we'd have painted it a different color. Uh, No, sorry, sorry, no. Um, So... So we've got a lunch today. Uh, I promise you we will have enough food because when we order from El Matate, they, like, Omar is terrified that I will run out of food one day and I will not come back because we give them so much business. So I don't know how many fajitas we've ordered, but I told him I needed to feed like 40 people. So we'll get enough for 200. Uh, So you all need to be prepared to take an obscene amount of fajitas home. So just, that's your, that should be your default position as we go in. Um... I'm already talking about fajitas. I guess I'm hungry today. I don't know. So there's that. But uh, if you got your weekly update, uh, you'll notice all the stuff about our Sunday school on one side and then our prayer requests on the other. So please make sure we keep these updated. Please make sure we pray for these folks uh, and these specific events. Sunday school lunch today. uh, Lord willing, next week we'll pick up with Philippians 2.17. And then we'll just keep marching through Philippians until the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. Well, now, well, we'll... (laughs) Julie was like, hang on now. That could be a long time. So we'll keep marching through Philippians until we finish or until the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. There we go. How about that? Cool. All right, guys. Uh, Let's lean in, engage, praise the table when you're done. We can go and to worship and to celebrate these beautiful truths, our beautiful Savior, and this beautiful gospel. So thanks for coming today, guys. Thanks for engaging. And don't forget to subscribe to our podcast, YouTube channel, and weekly email. You can subscribe to all three of those at OurSundaySchool.com. Grace and peace to you.